0: Hey, it's Amy Brown here to talk about St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. For 60 years, St. Jude doctors and researchers have helped push the overall childhood cancer survivor rate from 20% to more than 80%. But we need your help getting that number to 100%. And most important, your support means that families will never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, or food. Now, that peace of mind means so much. So join me in helping St. Jude in the fight against childhood cancer. Become a partner in hope and text Bobby to 785 That's B-O-B-B-Y to 785-833. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson. You know, before they were legends of Outlaw Country, they were lost souls looking for their sound. Don't miss Mandy Moore and the new scripted, audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer, and the birth of Outlaw Country music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the rise of outlaw country music and its biggest stars. Hear how one woman's vision in her tiny living room, far from Nashville's Music Row, became the epicenter of a musical movement. Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in The Boar's Nest. Listen now at audible.com slash The Boar's Nest. Hello, friends. This is a big one. Reba McIntyre is here for an hour the untold story of Fancy, her new duet with Dolly Parton, she talked about some of the urban legends about her life, the first time she realized she was famous. I mean, it's Reba-centric and it's awesome, so I don't wanna keep you waiting too long. Here are the five music releases I think you should check out. Natalie Hemby has a new album called Pins and Needles. Here is the title track. Cody Johnson put out Human, the double album. Here's a new song called Treasure. Not all treasure has to shine. When I told you that I wished I could have put a bigger
1: diamond on your band. You said your love's worth
0: more than... Matt Stell has a new song called Boyfriend Season. When you're running out of the lights and the night just ain't enough when you lie in wide way can you give me a drink? old dominion new album called time tequila and therapy here's all i know about girls all i know about girls is a wide world ain't gonna spin without them but it'll spin around them all i know about girls is you best get out of their way shut your damn mouth and the number one song is from reba she released Revived, Remixed, and Revisited. And it includes Does He Love You, a duet with Dolly Parton.
1: But does he love you? Does he love you? Like he loves me. He loves me. Does he think of you? Does he think of you? When he's me.
0: Those are five new releases to check out. I think we're gonna leave it there and get right on to the interview. Thank you guys. I believe you will enjoy this one. In studio with Reba. At what point did it just turn into just Reba?
1: Gosh, it... I think in 94.
0: Um, was that a conscious decision by you and your team to go, I, I want to be an icon, so let's just go with yeah. Reba? Or that,
1: did... It was Narvel's idea. Yeah. And I liked it because only when I signed my autograph, I only had to put Reba because <laughs> I'm lazy.
0: <laughs> now it's kind of weird to hear McIntyre.
1: Yeah, I I like it when I'm doing liners and things. I say, hi, I'm Reba McIntyre, because that has a cadence Mm -hmm. for me. But just to do Reba's fine with me, too. I can go with it.
0: I guess you have to drag out Reba. Hi, I'm Reba. Reba. Hey,
1: Reba. Hey, Reba. Hey, I'm Reba McIntyre. That just sounds better to me.
0: It's funny to see, whenever you look at your career, even today, how relevant you are pop culture-wise. Today, I'm watching Ted Lasso, and they're like, hey, we left the tickets under Reba McIntyre. Yeah. And so that that itself, and I, we watched that episode, I think, two weeks ago, right? Yeah. Did they did you know that was going to be in that show at all?
1: No, I was sitting there with Riddler, my dog, and I was sitting there watching TV and and Roy Kent, my favorite character of that whole show, comes up and says, I think you're holding a ticket for Reba McIntyre. <laughs> I went, Riddler, did you hear that? I was thrilled to pieces.
0: That's crazy. Yeah, Marnie said the same thing. She was sitting there with her dog, Cooper, so it was it was fun. The same kind of thing because I'm on TikTok a lot when, you know, I'm a survivor. It's, I'm a, and it's everybody doing like their little household things. You know, someone, you know, throws away the trash. I'm a <laughs> su- so yeah. that became, and it still is a huge, you know, TikTok trend. That, did that come out of nowhere for you too? And did someone come up and go, Reba, all of a sudden this song is massive on TikTok? Yeah. Yeah,
1: I think Justin was the one, he sent it over to me, Justin McIntosh. And uh, he said, look at this, looks what's, look what's going on. And I said, Well, that's pretty cool. I said, These kids weren't even born probably when it was out the first time. And he said, We need to do one. So we did. And then it just got bigger and bigger. Very flattering.
0: It's it's, it's for a few weeks it was the most the thing that I had seen the most. Now what's yeah. odd is that um, uh, neon moon is having its minute no on kidding. TikTok too now where Good. Ronnie had text me and goes, Hey, what's happening here? And I was like, I don't, what do you mean what's happening? I don't I don't know the guy that runs TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, our our song is being played all over the place. It's got some mix. And then now there's like a dance to it. But it is really cool to see.
1: Oh, I got to check that out.
0: And it's the easiest dance too. And uh-huh. some of those dances I look at and I can't do. But it's like the, e- but that song, Mike, the remix everywhere, isn't it? it, it everywhere. I'm a survivor. Neon Moon are probably other than Walker Hayes' Fancy Like, like the two biggest songs on TikTok. Fun. But it's just, it's just cool to see I wouldn't even say every, you know, generation, which I would say like 10 years. But it's like you just stay relevant. And if someone comes to you and says, you know, what's the key to staying? What? How do you do it? How
1: do I do, how do you it? I do don't it. do it. I don't do nothing. <laughs> <clears throat> I've got a great team that come up. They're young. They can think of great things for me to do. And I just go do it. And thank God fans like that thought it was interesting enough to sit on a toilet seat and change the roll of toilet paper, paper, and then turn into Reba. And good job, you know I'm a survivor. It's just cute things like that. I'm very flattered. More than anything, the songwriters. I mean, I I text them and I sent the TikTok over to them saying, "Look what's going on for y'all's song." So it's something we can all can share and celebrate with. But it is so good, and it proves one thing: a great song will live
0: forever. The the. You did a whole album with different remixes on it. Yeah. Was the remix album inspired by it kind of blowing up again, or were you already in the works with that before it blew up on TikTok?
1: Cindy Mabe came up with the idea of revisiting the catalog. And so their team, my team, they all got together and started coming up. I mean, I'm, the first time we all sat at a long conference table and they were telling me the ideas. Was that two years ago or a year ago? At least, two. at least two when we could without masks. And I I was like, oh, crap, they're they're serious. They've got a lot of ideas here. And after the first 50, I was like, man, this is cool. And after that, I was like, oh, crap, I'm going to be way busier than I want to be probably. But they were coming up with all these ideas and then the three albums and three ways of doing fancy. And I thought it was just genius. And so here we are promoting it
0: now. Did you feel precious about, okay, I know you want to remix these songs. But to a lot of people, these songs, you know, uh, define you know different parts of their life. Or were you like, hey, have at it? I'm curious to see what you guys do with the remix.
1: The latter. You know? I was saying, go for it. Then when they said, I'm a survivor as a dance mix, I said, really? But it turned out great.
0: It's fun to look at your top streaming songs. Fancy's number one of, of all the when we went through all the different services, kind of added them all up. Fancy's number one. And I never, and I'm probably I'm sure that you've heard this many times. Whenever I was singing Fancy as a kid. I never really knew what Fancy was about until I got to be an adult. And then when, when I found out what Fancy was about, I was like, wow, I've been singing that song a little too passionately. <laughs> <laughs> like, cause I, was singing it, I was singing it hard. Uh-huh. I mean, I was really into it. <laughs> and then it's like one day you just go, oh, huh, how
1: about that? <laughs> how about that? Yeah, the little girl coming to school and wanting to sing Fancy for the talent night. And she goes, do you know what this is about? <laughs> She's, yeah, she gets a
0: brand new red dress from her mama. Okay, then, okay. And then, okay, if there that's what you is. think it's about, that's, that's it. great. Have at it. So when you recorded that song, did, <clears throat> was there any talk with your, with you, your team, like, whoa, this is kind of an area that, that we're going to be singing about that maybe isn't talked about a whole lot in, yeah. in contemporary country music?
1: Well, when I was with Jimmy Bowen in the 80s, he said, is there a, a song you want to do a remix on? And I said, yeah, fancy. He said, oh, woman, you don't need to be doing that. That's about a prostitute. I said, I'm totally aware of that. And so when I went with Tony Brown in 1990, he said, would you like to do a song again? And I said, fancy. He said, oh my gosh, that's my favorite song. So we did it.
0: So it had been discussed years earlier, uh-huh. and you, you decided not to cover it.
1: But well, then, I was vetoed. Yeah. It was like, nope, can't do that.
0: Well, this, whenever uh, the Night the Lights went out in Georgia, which I know that song because of Mama's Family and then... You know, doing research on her and yeah, realizing she was a singer. Yeah, Vicki Lawrence. Yeah. Um, when you do that song, was it similar, or did you go? Yeah. We're just going to do it and uh, right away.
1: Same thing. Tony said, "Is there another song you'd like to do a remix? Uh, re- uh, to do it again?" And I said, "Yeah, that's the night the last one out in Georgia." And you know, Vicky, that was her one and only song she recorded went number one that amazing
0: do you have a conversation with a person if they're alive like did you talk to vicky and i st- did and what what was her thoughts like have at it oh she was thrilled
1: to death yeah but it was after i did it when i talked to her remember she had that talk show mm-hmm. uh tv talk show and i went on the, and visited with her and we sang it together on the, on the show
0: that's pretty cool yeah i would assume even for you that would be pretty cool and you get to do everything cool
1: Oh, everything I get to do cool, I am thrilled to death about it. I don't take it for granted.
0: Still after all this time. Yeah. You're, you're not jaded. At, oh,
1: no, yeah. no. When I got to do the video with Dolly Parton, I was like, I, I was the biggest fan in the room. You know, it's, it's wild to hear
0: someone who I look at as being the greatest, you. Oh, oh. And to look at Dolly at the greatest. She is. And to, to know that you would walk into a room with her and be like, in awe. Yeah. When you moved to Nashville... Where was Dolly, was Dolly available when you moved to Nashville? Or was she in L.A.? Was she in that phase? I have no idea. You don't know?
1: I don't know. Uh, first time I saw Dolly was September 17th, 1977. You remember in the year? In
0: person. You remember the year and the, the day?
1: The day, the hour. I was going to go on and do my first performance at the Grand Ole Opry. And they told, came up and said, we're going to take one of your songs away from you. you only do one. And I said, Why? I said, well, Dolly Parton just pulled in the parking lot, and I said, well, she can take both of them. Can I meet her? <laughs> and she walked by in this chiffon black uh, pant suit and had those butterfly rhinestone butterflies on and this big cotton candy hair. I thought, man, that must be what angels look like. That was the most beautiful woman I ever saw in my life.
0: And did you say hello? No. Oh, you didn't? No, I was backed up against you didn't even the wall meet
1: her. like everybody else was. I mean, they said Heart the waves, Dolly's coming in. And I slammed back up against that wall and just watched. I don't think her feet touched the ground. She was
0: an angel. And when did you guys have your first, you know, where we kind of do the same thing experience?
1: Years later. Yeah, And then she came on the Reba TV show and we got to spend the whole week together. That was precious. That's, I absolutely love that.
0: Priceless. I just look at you two as out of the same, cut out of the same cloth where you're as country as can be. Yep. You have ambitions that are bigger than just singing country music. Although that's your most important, that's your pillar. Mm-hmm. You have ambitions other than just that. And you both did it at a really high level. Yeah. And I would think that, that hopefully she would be someone, same thing with like Taylor to you, you know, with some of these other artists who are doing that, 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 that you could reach out to at after a point and get advice from her. Did that ever happen? Where you reach out and like, Dolly, you know, like, I can I pick your brain at all?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I have done that. I did that in the early 90s, uh, a phone call, and she took my call. Matter of fact, I called her. She was at, I think, Caesars in Vegas, and I was in Bakersfield somewhere, <laughs> and I needed a piece of advice from her. And And um, she was on the Tonight Show the night before, and she said she's going to Vegas, will be at Caesars. So I called Caesars.
0: But I you said, actually called the casino? Yeah. Wow.
1: And I said, um, I need to speak, speak to Dolly Parton, please. She said, one moment, please who's calling? I said, Reba McIntyre. And pretty soon Dolly came on the line. She said, is this really Reba McIntyre or some squirrel that wishes she was Reba McIntyre?
0: <laughs> I said, it's me. That's funny to think about. We used to have to call. I mean, I haven't thought about having to do that where you just had to call a place to yeah. get someone. You yeah. used to have to call a restaurant and be like, hey, is my uncle there? Yeah. Yeah, that was like back in the day. Yeah. I want to play a little clip of Does He Love You? This is you and Dolly. Let me hear this here
1: oh, does he love you?
0: How cool is that to hear, even though you've heard it 10,000 times?
1: Yeah, you're right. Because when we first heard it, uh, Dave Cobb was the one that produced this one. And when we were going down the list of all the songs and listening to them, and Does He Love You came up, and I sat there. And listen, I said, play it again. And we listened to it again. It was just the best.
0: Can I ask about the original version? Because from me moving to Nashville, I've gotten to know Linda Hillary's mom. Yeah. Pretty well. Like yeah. I love her. Yeah. But I remember watching on CMT you guys' video. It was one of the video that and probably propped me up beside the jukebox when I died. Probably the two that I really, you know, remember and think about from from kind of that part of my life. But originally, I had read that you thought maybe Wynonna would be the one, but Linda killed it, singing it. And you're like, we have to go with that. Is that story true? Well, partially. Linda was on the road
1: with me. She and Hillary's dad, Lang Scott, they were on the road with me, and I thought, Linda, we could do this every night on stage because she's backup singer. I was featuring her on some songs because she had a record deal. And so Tony said, "Well, let's." Well, the record label, of course, wanted either Trisha or Winona. And I said, but it's right here. It's so handy. Mm. And they said, well, let's keep working on it. And I said, well, in the meantime, while I'm recording it, we'll, can Linda just step in and do the other parts? So I have somebody to sing against. They said, okay. And when she got through, Tony said she got
0: the part. Did you tell her then, hey, you're just going to sing this as kind of a demo version? Yeah. Do you think in, in her mind she was like, I'm going to sing this so good that hopefully they can't refuse it?
1: You know, Linda is so honest and so innocent. She was just probably glad to be there. And just, I, I don't know what was in her mind, but I knew she would kill the song. Love it. And, I, you know, all Linda has to do is sing, and she, she sells herself. It's wonderful.
0: Did you know that Dolly would say yes if you asked her to do that? No. Did you worry she wouldn't say yes?
1: Yeah, that's why I said managers talk to managers. Yeah. I didn't want to put Dolly on the spot. Besides, I don't have her phone number. So I thought it would be a good idea just to go. And that way she had an out if she didn't want to do it.
0: The new box set, Revived, Remixed, re-ma- Revisited, is out now. Uh, that is on the box set. You're also doing The Christmas in Tune, which mm-hmm. is the the Lifetime movie. Where does acting rank on your passions now?
1: I love to act. I don't like to sit around, hurry up, and wait. I don't like that part of it. But I'm I'm doing several episodes of Young Sheldon on CBS. I love to do that. I love the acting. I love the preparation. I love to memorize my lines. I like almost all of it. I like the uh, being an executive producer. I like being at the beginning. I like to rewrite, and uh, if they let me do that once in a while, and they've been they were really nice on Christmas in tune to let me do that. Uh, Rex helped me tremendously, my boyfriend, Rex Lynn. He was, boy, he'd make me rehearse every day. I knew not only my lines, but I knew everybody else's <laughs> lines because he would be every other character and I'd be me. So it was fun. It was, I was very prepared for that role.
0: Whenever you started to do Rebo, your, your television series, did you guys get a straight deal or did you do a pilot and then the pilot got picked up? Do you remember?
1: I'm getting them all mixed up because then we did Malibu Country. Uh, um, I was in the midst of doing Annie Get Your Gun. We went in in April. I took 10 days off from Annie Get Your Gun to do go to California, shoot the pilot. Then we went to Upfronts, which is in May, and I had done eight shows that week. I got Monday off. Tuesday morning was upfront, so I had to be butt crack on over there, and they changed the name three times. When we filmed the show for the pilot, it was the, the script was called Sally. And Narva went to him and said, you know, if you did the afternoon filming as Sally and then in front of the audience, tape it and Reba be Reba instead of Sally. Then let's see how that tests out. And they said, okay. So the, the title went from Sally. By the time I got to Upfronts, it was Deep in the Heart because we were all from Houston, Texas, and we were the Hart family. So then there came out this thing on uh, USA Today that their publicist had said why the WB had ever hired Reba McIntyre for this part is ridiculous. She's not of our, what do you call it, Uh, people that watch. Like our demo? Yeah, she's not our demographics. And so... The head of the company called by the time we got back to the hotel after Upfronts and said, terribly sorry, terribly sorry. What can we do to make up for this? Well, I'd already gone back to bed. I had a performance that night, so Narva was talking to her, and he, he heard me get up and go to the bathroom and out of the other room, and he said, um, hang on, let me put Reba on the line. He banged on the bathroom door and said, pick up the phone. Uh, and saw. I said, hello. He said, uh, we're terribly sorry what happened and what was in the USA Today. What can we do to make this up to you, and I was half asleep, and I said, uh, well, she said, well, Narvel said if we call it Reba, you'll be happy with that, and I said, that's a wonderful idea. Thank you. (laughs) Hung up, went back to bed. So that's how I got the name Reba.
0: And so you go, did you move out to L.A.? uh Because it was that, like, you said, hey, I I just got to go. If I'm going to do this, I don't need to visit it. I need to go live it.
1: Oh, we had to, we were there three weeks. So what happened was, I got through with Annie Get Your Gun on June 23rd. We went to Ireland for a vacation. I did five weeks all-girl tour and then went to L.A., found, a, found an apartment, a condo we lived in for the first season, because you never know. Right. It could go 13 weeks and you don't get picked up, but then we got picked up on the back nine, and then Narvel went house hunting and we bought a house, and we were there for six and a half seasons.
0: Did that ever feel like home out there?
1: Oh, yeah. I loved living in L.A.
0: I'd, I, I'd, I'd love st- to go I,
1: back and do another show.
0: Would you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, have you guys, you know, explored different versions of uh-huh. that? hmm Have you been close? Uh-huh. Real like, close. Have you shot a pilot to anything? Mm,
1: yeah. The Mark Cherry pilot. We did uh, one called Oxblood, and uh, they passed
0: on it. It's always a weird thing, because I've shot a few pilots and had it passed on, where yeah, you feel like everybody's so pumped about it. Yeah. And everybody loves it, but then might have been talk shows, and like, oh, this is it. We, it, research has been great. Yeah. It's been, it's tested so wonderfully. Well, let's spend some money. Well, it, just right now. Well, right. So, uh-huh. is that show, that show's done? That
1: show's done, okay. unfortunately, which I thought it was going to, you mm-hmm. know, last forever. I thought I'd retire off of that show. Well,
0: I mean, The Oxblood, that show. That's it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mark Cherry. Yeah.
1: I love his show now, Why Women Kill. It's just, he is a genius.
0: I saw my wife watching that show one day and I was like, why are you watching? Why? I don't know what it was about. <laughs>
1: Just all exactly was, what are your yes.
0: motives? Like, why Are we learning from this show? And what's the notepad? We, and you're taking yes, notes. Yes, yes. <laughs> my, uh, my favorite duet in country music, the Cowgirls Don't Cry. That, Thanks. That song to me, I think is the sad. It's, it, I mean, we're in the land of sad songs. I mean, we have the format of the greatest sad songs of all time because I think we have the format of the realest songs of all time. Cowgirls don't cry. That song to me, and maybe it's because I just didn't have a dad growing up. Maybe it hits me like that. And yeah. I'm not a cowgirl, but yeah. you know, there's that relationship. Like yeah. when the, the, when you heard that song, like did, were you moved? Oh, yes.
1: Because I am a cowgirl, and my daddy was a cowboy, and a very strict uh, cowboy. And so when we do that song on stage in Vegas, there is a huge screen behind the stage behind the setup and i'm walking on stage for my part and ronnie and kicks are already out there and i happen to look up and see that cowboy i barely got my notes out it choked me up so bad
0: i mean that song still does it anytime we do or anytime someone's interviewing me about country music and they're talking about emotion and song like that's the one i still go to after all these years and and you know we could list 50 great sad songs but that one to me. And maybe it's the time of when it co- and, and how it hits me personally. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even a cowgirl. Like I yeah. said, I have no cowgirl with <laughs> me. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots. And Tacova's is your next stop before attending your next concert. Tacova's has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring. You're talking about men's boots, women's boots, um, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tacova's boots are made by hand in a time honored tradition, timeless style, always on trend. And Tacovas has first wear comfort, little to no break in period. Like it's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Plus, direct consumer pricing keeps the value on your feet, the money in your pocket. So, stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink, shop the new styles. You like the smell of leather or no? I love it. Yeah, that's what the whole store basically is: fresh leather. Yep. Friendly staff. Or like the smell of staff? (laughs) I don't know. I'm sure they smell good there. Many stores have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. What a gift, too. Regular live music and events, there is no in-store experience like this. If you can't make it to a store, just visit Tacovas.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S. Yeah. Yeah. Tacovas.com. Find your new favorite pair of boots today. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson. How do the biggest names in outlaw country start a musical revolution? Through one woman's vision from one tiny living room. I was talking to my wife, uh, she's, she's an Okie, and she was talking about how all the towns in Oklahoma are, a lot of them are said in different ways. And she was talking about, it's not Miami, Oklahoma, it's me, uh,
1: Miami.
0: Miami. Miami, uh-huh. Oklahoma, right. And so you were born in, say it for me, is it Chalky? Chalky? I was born in McAllister. Okay. I went to school at Kiowa. Which Kiowa is, a, is the town she was talking about. Yeah. It's said in two, it's two different ways. Yep.
1: Not Kiowa. It's Kiowa. That's the way we say it. Okay. In the Kiowa Indians. And then I lived in Chalky, and then I lived uh, before I left Oklahoma, lived in Stringtown, just keep going south, but I went to college for three and a half years in Durant.
0: That's a lot of Oklahoma.
1: There's a lot of towns that I kind of
0: help, help represent. What town? I guess they probably all feel like they're your town. Like when you go, do they all represent you in some way? Uh-huh, yeah. Like yeah. girlhood home, born uh-huh. here, went to college here. Yeah. That's got to be pretty cool.
1: It is cool. And I go back. I go back uh, quite often, probably will more in the future. Um, mom and Daddy were worked real, real hard to gain a lot of land, buy a lot of property. And so they split it four ways between us, us kids. And now we are managing our own properties. And
0: it's a lot of fun. I'm curious about your mom because from everything I've read about her, she was she could sing. Uh-huh. And she wanted to be a singer, but she ended up being a school teacher and teaching music to kids. Uh-huh. Like, did did her... Desire to be a singer influence your desire to be a singer. Yes, like did her wants make you want it? Yes. How so?
1: Because when we were rodeoing, we didn't have a radio in the car, and four kids in the back seat wrestling was getting would get on anybody's nerves, and so Mama would get us to sing to keep us out of trouble, keep us occupied. Then first grade, uh, the teacher would say, "All right, we're having a Christmas program. Anybody want to sing?" And I'd raise my hand, and Mama would encourage me on that just like she did pick Alice and Susie. And so when we got in the high school, junior high years, we they formed a little country western band. And we played at the football games and had little concerts. And then when I went on to college, I took, Mama made sure I took 18 hours to so keep me out of trouble.
0: It's <laughs> a lot of hours that, that will is, keep you out of trouble. It
1: didn't. Uh, and so, but they were mostly music classes. And so when I went to the National Finals Rodeo in Oklahoma City in 74, I was a sophomore, Daddy knew I was up there partying, having a good time, and he said, won't you get you a job while you're up there? And I thought, shoot, that would interfere with all my fun. I said, doing what? And he said, sing the National Anthem. And that's when Red Steagall heard me. So fast forward. That was December 74, 75. He said, Jack, bring Reba down, and we'll cut a demonstration tape. I didn't really want to. I didn't know anybody in the music business. I had all my friends in the rodeo. I wanted to be a world champion barrel racer. So about halfway from Oklahoma here, Mama, I, I said, let's stop here and do this. Mama said, you know, if you don't want to do this, that's fine. Let's just go home. But if you do this, I'll be living all my dreams through you. Mm-hmm. I said, well, Thunder, why didn't you say so? Get in the car. Let's go. And when Mama died, I told Susie, because we were cleaning out Mama's house, I said, I don't think I want to do this anymore. She said, why? I said, I was doing it for Mama.
0: When you do it now, are you still doing it for your mom? Yeah,
1: yeah. But it took me a good three months to say, call Susie back, say, okay, I'm, I'm back. I'll do it.
0: Wow. Your dad, I'm assuming he instilled the work ethic that you must have to get to this point. Like, I'm assuming your dad was like, this is A to B, we yeah. do the hard work. Yeah. Because living on a ranch, what, what kind of work was there to do around the place?
1: Oh... Before school, we'd get up at 4 in the morning. Oh, my goodness. And uh, Pake and I would go out and catch probably four to five horses out in a 40-acre pasture that were frisky because it was September. And then we'd have to saddle them up and cinch them up. They'd kind of walk back, step on your feet. And and then we'd go in. Daddy would have breakfast cooked. And Mom would be in there getting ready for work because she was the uh, superintendent's assistant secretary. And so we would go start gathering one end and then bring them all down to the pens. Mom would stay there at the scale and she'd weigh them. We'd put them on the trucks and then we'd go to school.
0: That's before school. Yeah. That's a day's work before school.
1: Yeah. That wasn't all the time. That was in the fall. And in the spring, we would get cattle in and we'd have to work them, you know, vaccinate them, dehorn them, castrate them, brand them, and then put them out in one pasture and make sure they're all right to go into the bigger pasture and then put them up in the hills.
0: All those same things have been done to me since I got married a couple months ago. (laughs) Vaccinated, (laughs) castrated, all of it. It was wild. We should have talked What's (laughs) old is new. What's new (laughs) is. Your dad, uh, being a a world champion roper, was he practicing a lot? Uh, Do you remember him practicing a lot as a kid? Yeah. Like was he? Younger, younger, younger. Yeah.
1: And then uh, grandpap always told us when they were all at home, daddy would be out there roping. He said, Clark, get out there and rope and you gotta practice. And Daddy would practice roping chickens. He'd rope anything. He would rope chickens. Yeah, that's hard to do. Yeah, that's it's really so, hard to do. Yeah, and he'd get it done. And so Daddy told us one time that Grandpap said, Now, son, if the house catches on fire, me and you all take care of it, you just stay out there at the roping pen and keep practicing. Because Grandpap was a 1934 world champion steer roper.
0: What is your lineage? Well, where did... Okay, okay your, your dad... Your grandfather, grandfather. Mm-hmm. where did your family come from? Because this is some kind of work ethic. Some, I mean, you guys, have, you can sing, you're athletes, you work hard. Like, wh- did, did, I think it comes from being a survivor. I really do. Daddy,
1: Daddy didn't rope for the fame. Daddy, now that's pretty much me. I love attention. So I like, I like the fame. I love it. But Daddy, he'd rather been at home. He went out, he could make money by roping and winning ropings. And he would bring the money home. He would make a payment for land and cattle at the bank and pay off the grocery bill. And that was the main two things. Then he'd go do another roping to make more money to buy more land, more cattle.
0: You say you like fame. When did you feel famous for the first time? Well, you're like, oh, man, this is a a lot of opportunities now that I get to have because of fame.
1: Right here talking to you. That's
0: not true. (laughs) We know that's not true. Because I, well, I, I would have to imagine it's just famous was so different even 10 years ago. Like I'm just now starting to get my first real experience of going places I've never been and people being like, oh, I recognize you from this TV show or this radio. Yeah. And for me, it still hits me a little weird. But there are, t- there are 10 million famous people now. You can be famous on TikTok. You can be famous on YouTube. On, but when you were famous, I mean, you could, even in the 90s with Reba the TV show, it was just a different world because there weren't 500,000 famous people. There were yeah. kind of just 200 famous people, period. <laughs> and you were one of them. When for you did you go, wow, I'm actually famous. This is crazy.
1: When I was ordering something on the telephone before
0: internet. That's crazy.
1: And I was, I'm saying, okay, I'd like this rug number N3457. She says, hold on.
0: They knew you by your voice. I Are said, you kidding?
1: You there? Is this Reba McIntyre? <laughs> I hadn't given her my name or anything. I said, Yeah, hold on. Okay, I'm I'm back. What else would you like? So I thought, Wow, my voice is. But you know, I can't get a commercial, you know, like this is the kind of truck you need. Like a voiceover, yeah. Yeah, a voiceover. I've done movies, uh, you know, in cartoons, animation, which I love to do that.
0: I was talking to Clarence whenever you were doing the Kentucky Fried Chicken, yeah. uh, the, the Colonel Sanders. And he had mentioned to me that there was so much that went into even you getting dressed as Colonel Sanders because they have very strict protocol at what Colonel Sanders can wear, can look like. And I was like, really? Even Reba as Colonel Sanders? They're like, oh yeah, it needs to be yeah. exactly like this. Like, that was a, that, but that seemed like a commercial that would be a lot of work. It was super cool. It was fun. But I got to imagine, if you have to abide by the Colonel Sanders handbook of you know, exact living that that's probably a lot leading into a shoot just of hair and makeup, right?
1: The thing I remembered more than anything is the length of the fringe. Could we put rhinestones and fringe on my outfit?
0: Like, was it a question of would would they allow it? Yeah, would
1: they allow it? Mm. And they did. They approved it. And then we had to get, I had to get my mustache and my beard. (laughs) All I had to get fitted for my beard. That's weird. (laughs) And then my hair piece. But it was fun. I enjoyed it.
0: I just imagine there's a team with a bunch of clipboards walking around you with chicken Going, all right, this is not work. We got to, <laughs> the ears are too high. Yeah. Did you do that whole campaign before you announced it? So did you have, was that a one you had to keep secret or no? Do you remember, Mom? Because I remember when it was announced, everybody kind of flipped out a little bit. Yeah. Well, there was a lot lead up time. Yeah. Yeah. Was that an automatic yes from you or did someone no. have to convince you?
1: No, Clarence came to me and I said, oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> and then he presented it to his son, Aaron, who's a little younger than Shelby, my son, and Aaron said, that's the coolest thing ever. Okay, I'll do it. Because you you know how your generation might think about it, but what would the next two or three generations below think about it, younger? And when Aaron said, oh man, that's the coolest thing ever, I thought, okay, that's hip, I'll do it.
0: Do they give you any sort of chicken for life? Or- no. I'm sure they give you enough money to buy chicken for yes. a life, but is there any sort of, is, <laughs> I'm sure that's not a, that's not a cheap get. Yeah. That was really cool. I really liked you as Colonel Sanders.
1: Thanks. I had a blast doing it. And what the great thing about it is, you only do it once. Then they find somebody else the next time. So did it's you, a one-time
0: thing. Did you have to do a bunch of different shoots over weeks, or did you go in for like a few days and do it all at the same Just time? Just one week. Really? Uh-huh. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. And I will always remember that for years and years. Yeah. You Colonel Sanders. The last show you watched and you thought... I can't wait to see the next episode. Keith like right now are you watching anything where you're just like oh, what is the next
1: Absolutely, Ted Lasso. I'm I'm so into that show. I love it. It's a it's really goofy, silly, but lots of heart and it, and it makes you feel good.
0: Yeah, Ted Lasso. And they're not done yet this season. There's still more to come. Yay. Do you like when shows are coming out each week? Or do you like when you can binge at all? Binge. Me too. I love to binge. And Ted Lasso, I'm like, come on. Yeah. Let's go. We're watching uh, Only Murders in the Building right now with Steve Martin, Martin Short, and uh, Selena Gomez. Yeah. And it comes out every week. Yeah. And it's so good. But I'm like, I would like to see them all, please. That's true.
1: Uh, One I'm really excited about, Ozark comes back.
0: Mm, The last season.
1: Uh Uh-huh. Succession comes back. Yeah, in October, right? Peaky Blinders comes back. And I have so many favorites that I absolutely knocked out of the ballpark when, during COVID. You know, you can just sit and watch and binge. And I went back, Rex hadn't seen Boardwalk Empire, so we started that one over again. I just love it. Are you able,
0: or do you ever just go into Starbucks and get a coffee? Well, you. you. Yeah. You can just go into Starbucks and you have?
1: Grocery shopping, everything.
0: You, you're telling me that you will just go to the grocery store?
1: Yep, by myself. At 2 a.m.? Oh, no. No. Are you sick? Thursdays, did you know Thursdays? Oh, hold on a minute. Did Reno? you know Thursdays and Wednesdays are the best time to go to the I grocery
0: d- store? Why are they?
1: Because that's when they restock.
0: You will just get in your car and go to the grocery store? Yeah. And do you feel like you can, for the most part, grocery shop and people are just cool? Yeah. And they'll let you grocery shop.
1: I got to tell you the funniest story the other day happened. I was uh, checking out and the, the grocery sack girl was sitting there, and she was going through all the stuff, and she was narrating and commenting on everything that I had bought. And she picks up a bottle of Beano. She said, is this for you? (laughs) I said, yeah, it is. She said, well, does it work? (laughs) Everybody in line. I looked at everybody and said, works.
0: Great advertisement right here. Just throw it in the bag if you would. You had to love, and not for the reason, but to wear a mask, though, people probably didn't know it was you a lot of the time.
1: A lot of the times until I talk, they don't. Um, and I will stop and ask other people shopping, do hey, you have any idea where so-and-so is? And they'll go, it's, are you Ruben McIntyre? <laughs> yeah. Are you really? You're out shopping? Yeah. You know where the bacon soda is? They say, Yes, yeah, it's right down that aisle. I say, okay, thanks.
0: This festival and concert season will be all about the Boots, T-E-C-O-V-A-S. Yeah. Yeah. Find your new favorite pair of boots today. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson. How do the biggest names in outlaw country start a musical revolution? Through one woman's vision from one tiny living room. Don't miss Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in the new scripted audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer, and the birth of outlaw country music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the outlaw country music movement and its biggest stars. alongside a full ensemble cast audible invites you to enter the boar's nest and experience the rise of a musical revolution one woman one time one place the boar's nest sue brewer and the birth of outlaw country music listen now at audible.com slash the boar's nest hey it's bobby bones i just want to say thanks to everybody who has stepped up for the kids at saint jude saint jude's been leading the way in the world's best survival rates for some of the most aggressive forms of childhood cancer Your support means that families never get a bill from St. Jude for treatment or travel or housing or food so the families can focus on helping their child live. And that really hits home for me because I've been to St. Jude many times. I've hung out with the kids, played music for the kids. I was in the hospital a lot as a kid. Now, I didn't have cancer, but if it wasn't for people stepping up, I don't know that I would have been able to go and stay in the hospital and be taken care of. So that's why we do this, take care of others. You can help St. Jude stop childhood cancer by becoming a partner in hope. When you do this, you'll get this awesome new This Shirt Saves Lives shirt. So join all the doctors and researchers, you know, and me, in this fight and just text the word Bobby to 785-833. It's only six numbers, but text the word Bobby to 785-833. I'm curious about the Grand Ole Opry and for, for a lot of reasons. One, I, my grandmother raised me for a lot of my life. And so we, that's what we did. We watched it on TNN or or whatever channel it was on because it's kind of had its different you know, iterations of being on television. Mostly for me, it was TNN back in the day. But when you were inducted, in, how about invited into the Grand Ole Opry, which are two big things, but they're different. Do you remember your invitation into the Grand Ole Opry when they said, Reba, we would like for you to be a member?
1: No, I don't. I do remember in 84 when I got inducted.
0: So you, you're in, who inducted you? Do you remember that night and was it, because I I will go now, and some of my friends are getting inducted. And it's like the coolest thing, and I'm so yeah. proud for them. And it's a massive deal. What was it like when you were inducted?
1: I got to stand on that circle. I was really thrilled because I'd gotten to stand on the circle September 17th, 77. Now, Bobby, the reason I remember that date so well is because 30 years prior, Daddy won the all-around at the Pendleton, Oregon Roundup.
0: And then you remember this next day, it being like the anniversary of yeah. it, the same day that you saw.
1: Uh, yeah. 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 So, um... Being the day that I got inducted uh, wasn't as huge a time as it was in September because Mom and Daddy and Alice drove from Oklahoma just to be there with me. My first time, we'd been to the Grand Ole Opry at the Ryman lots of times. That was our only vacation. But when we pulled up to the gate, Daddy rolled down his window and said, Um, got Reba McIntyre. She's going to sing on the Opry tonight. And the gentleman looked on his clipboard and he said, oh, no, she's not. They said, "Yeah, she is. He said, well, she's not on this clipboard. She's not going to be. I said, Daddy, let's just go across the interstate to that get and go, and I'll call Shorty and Dick. That was Shorty, Lavender, and Dick Blake, who were my booking agents, got me on the gig. So I went over there, and I put my quarter in, and I called, I I think it was Dick, and I said, they won't let me in. He said, "Um, you just go right back over there, and I'm terribly sorry this happened. So daddy pulls up and rolls down his window and he says, yes, Mr. McIntyre, go right over here on number 67. You can park right there. Oh, glad to see y'all. So that was a night we'll never forget. And then I get one of my songs bumped because Dolly's there, but we're still thrilled. The old baby's in the air. We just loved it.
0: I think I've done stand-up at the Opry probably 20 times. I've produced the TV show, and I'm going to get to the story where you come in, and I now tell the story. I've told it a couple times at the Opry, but you were maybe a month and a half ago, you were performing at the Opry and then there was a, a changeover and then you performed on a, an NBC special. Yeah. And so I'd done stand-up earlier and they said, hey, go fill some time in between Reba's changeover. I was like, oh, cool. No problem. So I go and I'm doing some jokes. I'm do- I'm- it's-, it's hard for me to write new jokes because you can't practice them in front of people, right? Because the pandemic has allowed me to do no touring. Jokes aren't like songs. I can't practice in my room. I can say them, but if- unless people are laughing, you don't know if it's funny. Yeah. And so I'm up and... They're like, okay, Reba's going to be like a minute. And so I do another joke. And then you come, you're on the side stage. And you look at me. And you point at me. And for some reason, I thought you were about to invite me into the Grand Ole Opry. And I remember going, oh, this is the, this is it. Because between, between all my performances, I've probably been on that stage 200 times. Yeah. Between the sh- hosting the TV show, all during the pandemic. And like it's been a dream. And you pointed at me as you were coming onto the stage to do your second thing. And for some reason, I thought it was an extra sincere point. And inside of me, went, oh, I'm about to be invited to become a member of the Opry. And you came closer, and you were like, hey, thanks, la, 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 and I was ready for you. And you said, okay, I'll go. And I was like, okay. And I walked off, and I was like, well, that didn't. <laughs> instead of that just happened, I was like, well, that didn't just happen. Didn't just that happen. I did. And so. Well, I wished it had to be there. You know what? I think it's a better story that it hasn't yet. But for, for a split second, I thought Reba was inviting me to be a member of the Grand Ole Opry. And my life was perfect for that second. My life was perfect. Where does your love of corn dogs come from?
1: Uh, county fairs, state fairs. Uh, that's it. I see the meme. Yeah. Everywhere. I love corn dogs.
0: I mean, I see the meme of you with a corn dog in a private jet, like uh-huh. the living the life meme. That's what that is. You with a corn dog in a private jet is like nothing else could be better than this moment. Yeah. And to be memed itself one time, you're memed in every way, all these positive ways. <laughs> it's the most amazing thing. <clears throat> did, did someone come to you and go, Reba, you're now a corndog meme?
1: No, no, I found it out by somebody. It, oh yeah, somebody did come to me and tell me that you're exactly right, yes.
0: I want to do a thing, and then I, I, I do want to get back into the music for a second, but I want to do a, um, an urban legends thing about you because there are so many things that you hear and you go, is it true or isn't it true? Once I heard you died this season on uh-huh. this, there was a big... Fell think, off a mountain. Yeah, I think yep. you had to even come out and say you didn't die. Yep,
1: I did. Which is a weird conversation to have to have with people. Yeah, my nephew was in Arkansas traveling and he walked into a convenience store and everybody was saying, Ruby McIntyre just got killed. She fell off a mountain. He went running to a phone to call his mama, my sister, said, hey, Bob died. What happened? And, and she said, oh, no, I'd have been the first one to find that out. Nope, she's fine.
0: And that's a weird thing to go, I'm not dead, look at me. Yeah. How did that even start? Somebody just on Twitter? There was a trend going on there for a
1: while that the fake death announcement. Okay, no, are, I think it was before Twitter. Was it? Yeah.
0: Here are a few things. Okay. Is it true that you were in the running to be in Titanic, the movie? Yes. And I had the part. You, you, so you did. And you thought what?
1: unsinkable molly brown was the part i was going to play i went audition for james cameron and we were back on tour and they needed like august september and october so we moved our concert to november december and then january and then they would i mean you start getting all the venues we were promoting ourselves, and you get all that set and then they'll come back and go you know, we're going to have to move it three months. For well, You can't do that. Yeah. I've got people that are depending on me for their livelihood. That's their paycheck. And I just said, I, I got to choose. I gotta, so I said, sorry, I can't do this to my people. So I turned down that part.
0: You were a serious, like a really good basketball player when you were younger. False.
1: Really? Well, we didn't have that many people on the team. So I got to play a lot. <laughs> I was a guard. That was back in the day when it was uh, six, you know, three on three. Not full court, thank God. Uh, But I loved it. I went to basketball camp every summer. That's another place I learned how to volunteer. Coaches love volunteers. I wasn't that good at all. But because I was a volunteer, I stayed on the coach's good side.
0: There's an urban legend about Faith Hill trying to sing background for you.
1: Uh, She did audition to be a background singer, and she didn't get it. And Narval and I looked at each other and said, she's going to be a star, big star one day.
0: So you could see stardom in her, but you didn't think it was that she was right to be a backup singer because she was too big for the job? No, she
1: was saying she wasn't that good of a harmony singer mm. at that time.
0: Um, No, wasn't meant to be. That's pretty cool, though. Yeah. That you could tell she was going to be a star. You know, and, and background singing is different than just mel- just singing the melody of a song, too. Totally. Okay, let, let's, let's roll through some of this this, this new stuff here, because I have it up, I want our people to hear this so they can check out the box set, so they can check out, we played Does He Love You? Mike, what do we have over there of the remixes? Ah! All those on that list right there. On the up top. Okay, here we go. Play me, I'm a Survivor, the dance remix.
1: A single mom who works two jobs, who loves her kids and never stops with gentle hands and the heart
0: I'm a survivor. What do you think about that? I don't think it's that different. I don't either. I think it sounds it's cool. yeah, but I don't think it went total euro, which is no. would be what I would be afraid of on that song or was just like unts, 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 unts. Yeah.
1: yeah, there's some of them that uh, it's you know it takes 10 minutes to get into the song because of the uh, little hook line that they found. but um, I, I enjoyed listening to it. I really did. That's got to be a really special talent. I've never seen anybody do it, but it's got to be a lot of work.
0: To remix a song? Yeah. I, I have no idea. Yeah. yeah it's like me. I just, I'm just i like, that sounds good, that doesn't, and I have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm with you. it's what you is, like, what uh, you don't. Fancy. Here's the remix to Fancy. Okay. She said, chance,
1: yes, Fancy, don't let me She said, chance, Fancy, don't let me Yeah, there's some part of that. It's like, uh, it, it's, uh, Yeah, she was. Yeah, she was. Chime to Queen, chime to King, a congressman. And there's, there's some that they put back in, and uh, the video's pretty funny too. Somebody did a video of the remix.
0: One more. Let's do Consider Me Gone. Okay. This is the revisited. If you think you
1: can do better than this, then I guess we're done. Let's not drag this on. Consider me gone.
0: What do you hear different about that?
1: It's relaxed. It's mellow. It's um, not so confrontational.
0: It feels like the percussion on it too is much. It's a little softer. Oh, very it sounds soft. Very co-ho- more cojoney. It was than it is a snare and a, yeah. That's well, the first time I heard it. That's what I thought too.
1: Yeah, that was Dave Cobb, and we had five musicians, and they'd bring in a fiddle player or a steel guitar player for a specialty, and it was just so relaxed. The difference in Consider Me Gone, on what you just heard, and the original, uh, the original was more in-your-face screaming. You know, "Ah, how dare you? You're an idiot. And this one's kind of like, you know, this is not working out. Let's just (sighs) take a nap. It's just so much more mature. It's not throwing a fit. It's just, I like it better.
0: the new box set revived remixed revisited is available now the Dolly Does He Love You remake is also on this box set the Lifetime Movie Christmas in Tune premieres on November 26th I'd like to ask about one more song Okay. Be- being from Arkansas Little Rock was played everywhere yeah this song I-, I was a kid I remember hearing it on the radio probably more than anywhere else because it was us sure it's this song about us so when someone wants to name-check a city, Mike, you can play that. Oh,
1: little Rock Think I'm gonna have to slip
0: you off I would have to imagine in a song where you name-check a city and you get to play in that city, everybody's just, just waiting to oh. hear the song about their town. They go wild. Like, right? Can you
1: imagine being so stupid not to play Little Rock when you played Little Rock?
0: Even if you took it off your set list later, you have to put it back on, right? Absolutely. When you go back to Little Everybody
1: Rock. Everybody, refresh your memory. <laughs> <laughs>
0: What, what has been so close? Because I came out and watched you and Kix and Ronnie in, in, in Vegas. Uh-huh. What What's that relationship been like? And why, after all these years, are you guys still together and still doing these, these shows together?
1: We grew up together. We toured three or four times in the 90s. Um, they opened the show for me the first time we toured. And then we were, you know, co-headlining and having fun and pa- playing pranks on each other and going on vacations together and... Um, Hanging out, it was just a great relationship. they're They're not my brothers. We're very close. Our children grew up together, and we're we're just buds.
0: Are you sad to see that run come to an end? because yes. you guys are about to finish up these shows,
1: Yeah, I'm very sad about it. It was the gig of a lifetime. You got to stay in this nice suite. You got to perform on this absolutely incredibly well, um lit and the sound was incredible stage restaurants over the chart people came from all over the world to come see you and it was a consistency that we're not familiar with we're used to three different cities three different days and to to get to do that and they could go play golf ronnie could go off and take pictures i could stay upstairs and play all the games i wanted and with my family and friends it was it was a dream job
0: were there any parallels in that job and when you did Annie get your gun because you're playing in the same theater? yeah, its you're not touring, you know did you have to do two shows a day ever when yeah. you were because I had friends that, that did shows on Broadway, and they were like, man, we'd have off a Monday, but then we're doing two shows, you know, on weekends, two shows on Wednesday, two shows
1: on Saturday, you had Monday off eight shows a week. hardest job I ever had in my life.
0: That's what I was gonna ask, yeah
1: the only the only parallel, the similarity. But two, I was in the same hotel room. I was in the same dressing room and the same stage.
0: Did that w- make you want to do more on Broadway or less?
1: Oh, well, I asked Carol Burnett that. I said, do you think you'll ever do another Broadway play? She said, sure, only if I can do the matinees. Only. I thought, well, I like that
0: woman. Man, the fact that you bring up Carol Burnett, too. Just a hero to me as someone who loves me comedy. Me, too. Love her. Just... The best, yeah, just the best. Well, Reba, I appreciate you coming by. You have, again, I am what, what amazes me the most, and what I see other artists try to emulate, is just almost being ubiquitous with the time always. Like it's 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 every few years there's something else that is new Reba, it's not you just going Here, here's old Reba, let's make old Reba cool again. It's like new Reba is always cool, and right. so you have... I don't know if they've told you this. But you have it. I don't know what it is. <laughs> your people may not. Have to, I'm, I'm gonna identify it. You're not right for this job, but you have it. I'm gonna do you like you did, Faith. You're gonna be a star, Reva. <laughs> um, you're just the best, and I appreciate you coming over and and you know just being you. Mike, is there anything you'd like to say? I think you're the only other person that I know who is a fan of the game Phase Ten. So Love Phase Ten. Is that 10. one of your favorite games to play?
1: <laughs> it is one of my favorites. I'm into Rummy Cube now, also, and a new one called Sky Joe.
0: I have to check those out, yeah. Me and have my fun wife play those. those, and I'm like, you know, the only other person who likes this is Reba. <laughs> <laughs> Reed, I'm a game player, I love games. One, read one question from you. You said something that you were gonna ask Reba if you had a chance. Do you remember what it was? Oh, yeah. Um, your cameo in the Little Rascals changed my life. Are you kidding? AJ <laughs> Ferguson. I, I, oh my gosh, I grew up on that movie. I, I can remember being at my grandma's. Uh, and I would eat strawberry ice cream and watch that movie nonstop. That is too cute. Nonstop. I been, you, know, you, yeah, people recognize you for everything. I was things, there for
1: people. one day to shoot. And I was hearing all the stories. You know, after the kids would do their line one time, they don't want to do it again. You know, they were like, oh, oh, no. I don't I don't go play. Okay, I'll give you a piece of candy. <laughs> and then it got to, I'll give you a dollar. <laughs> if you just oh, say that yeah. line one more time. But they said that it was a, a really fun time to get to, do the movie uh, to do the remake of little rascals but uh, you're right of all the movies i've ever done tremors and little rascals are the two that i get recognized and talked about more oh
0: man and i bet you can tell what the person's going to recognize you from again we talk about demos like almost if they're a fan of your music or if they're they're a fan of the tv show if they say hey i'm a big fan you can kind of go oh i bet you're a fan of this yeah well listen i will let you go but thank you so much you she's got so much out we'll we'll talk about it again in a second but if it's music, it's the Christmas movie, it's Dolly, it's the shows with Brooks and Dunn. Uh, New tour next year. It, it, are we talking about that? Yeah. Okay. We'll, get, yeah. We'll, well, then what's happening?
1: Well, starting in January, we'll be going out on tour, the Reba tour, me and the band, which we were supposed to do in 2020.
0: Do you? Oh, so it's, so it's that? Oh, okay. You're doing the tour that got delayed. Right. You know what I thought was cool is when you put out the YouTube concert of the tour, of your shows from back in the day. I thought that was so cool. Thanks. Thanks. I don't, yeah, that was just a brilliant
1: idea. I watched the whole thing. I didn't come up with that. I, I can't take credit, but uh, I think it was Justin that came up with it, Justin McIntosh, and we had it. And why not get it and, you know, f- get it ready and put it out on television, let people know that, you know, we have been doing this a while. In a way, that's bad because the first one was pretty qu- poor quality, not up to standards that we see today. Second one was a lot better, but um, I was still very proud of it.
0: When Reba, when you're out on tour, and we will end with this, she'll be out January, do you feel like you've put an unhealthy expectation of you having to wear all the great clothes all the time? Yes. Don't you ever just want to go in sweats and be like, yes. I'm going to sing you eight songs in sweats?
1: <laughs> I'll never forget seeing uh, Shania Twain come out. Um, I wasn't there in person, but I saw it, and she had those fluffy little workout pants on and tennis shoes and her hair up in a ponytail, and i like, I'm way overthinking this. <laughs> And she had all her dancers bebopping around, and it was so cool. And I thought, man, why didn't I think of that?
0: Okay. Thank you, Reba. Thank you, Bobby.
1: Nice to see all of you.
0: That was awesome. T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. You can probably spell it. You probably know it. dot com. Find your new favorite pair of boots today. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous
1: with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say.